Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And Overnight America is live, which means we'll be together for a few more hours. And on Sunday nights, we like to hook up with our friends in Canada. Shane Hewitt hosts The Late Shift. We're going to check in with him. And I got a feeling he's going to only want to talk about our election. <laughs> I guess I can ask him how the Canadians are looking at this, if any. Uh, I know that they pay attention to American politics, but do they really have a, an opinion on this either way, I guess? Or is it more or less uh, they're just happy or sad? I don't know. But Shane will let us know, and then I'll do that in about 25 minutes from now. Looks like Will dropped off. So, Tina, welcome to Overnight America. Hi. How are you, Ryan? I'm, all, I'm doing all right. Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, did you get my text about Dr. Gerard Lamero? He missed Yeah, I, I did. So did should it? I uh, check in with him? Um, no. No. I actually sent him a personal message, and he responded to me tonight. And here's, mm-hmm. he, I can share this because I asked him if I could share it. Okay. He said, sure. He's saying, after court cases and recounts, Trump will win in Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and will be reelected. That's Michigan, the guy you even. had on wow. a few weeks ago that is yeah. a uh, professional f- forecaster and political analyst. He doesn't do polls. He does the models. Yeah. Uh, so, so he did come in with a lot of confidence. In, I know, and I'm, I just want him to win so bad, so obviously I'm really <laughs> excited to get that. Um, yeah, there's I'm curious. There's an avalanche of people that are really pissed off, to be quite honest, uh, real frank with you. Um, I think there's a lot of probably maybe older people that don't do the computer or social media, and they're only seeing one side of all this. They're watching the idiot box TV, getting all of the wrong fake news, and there's a lot of people that are fighting this and are very hopeful. I, I, I'm so sore. My fingers and my neck and my elbow are so sore from being on my cell phone communicating with other people about this election ever since uh-huh. Tuesday. And I'm Non-stop sure that you've been texting, huh? What? Non-stop you've been communicating with people about this well, election? 
there's all these groups that I've been invited to because all of the Trumpsters are inviting each other to these different behind-the-scenes groups, and there's thousands of them. And one girl said, go over to Fox and watch the numbers, and we watched the numbers drop within a minute. Everybody's leaving Fox and going to Newsmax, and uh, there's really nowhere to get the honest truth except these places, these groups that they've, these groups they've started. So communicate. And so if you post something up there and you get 700 comments, I'm not going to comment back to all those people, but my point is there's just so many angry people out there that I don't mm-hmm. think this is going to go away for quite a while. Okay. Well, thank you for your call, Tina. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Well, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It sounds like your your choice is, I don't know, it sounds like you've lost some of your passion about Trump. I can yeah, hear I've, it in I've, your voice. I don't I know if something I've lost, happened. Or... No, I, I wouldn't say I've lost my the things I like about him, and the, I, I'm, I'm not uh, think, I'm not looking at the, the last four years were a waste or anything. I just don't see this as a realistic path. I feel like the odds are so far against him that it's not going to happen, unfortunately. And I've just come to terms. It's going to be President Biden, and I don't have to be happy about it, but I've come to terms with it. Well, a lot of people that like Trump also believe in Jesus Christ, and they're they're saying that God is behind him all the way, mm. and he performs miracles. So we're waiting for that miracle to happen. Anyway... You have a great right. night, Ryan. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Tina. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, it's thing is, goes either way. Whatever does happen is going to be in the hands of God, so I don't doubt that. Whatever way it goes, I, I don't feel like if it goes the way of Biden, it's something that, uh, you know, was uh, somehow God was not in control of that either, so I, I, I can look at it that way too. But when I look at some of the different things that have happened and the election and everything that's gone down with it, it just kind of can reconfirms all the problems that we see on network news. We know that there has been some pretty biased coverage of this. I mean, CNN might as well just be MSNBC. That I, The two really don't have much in the way of like trying to find differences between them. I find with MSNBC, at least they don't claim to be journalists. They, when they have their opinion programs, their opinion commentary, they're giving their uh, their thoughts on things. CNN, for some reason, still think they're journalists and somehow are journalists all the time, which is so crazy. If anything, I think you can watch a CNN broadcast when they're claiming to be news anchors and journalists and say, no, that's not how an actual journalist approaches a topic like that. You can find out very quickly that they're just discrediting themselves. And there's a MSNBC commentator that was on Bill Maher this weekend. Oh, it was uh, Malcolm Nance. Oh, was he bad? I was listening to this, and I wanted to piggyback off of what Tina said. There's a lot of angry people out there. You notice the crazy thing is, I didn't hear of any, um, you know, people going out burning buildings or shooting cops over uh, something like this, huh? Isn't that strange? You know, why is it that when there's people on MSNBC, and this is Malcolm Nance, for example, I'm going to play a clip, an example of this. He says, oh, there's a lot of angry Trump supporters out there to do violence. And I'm thinking to myself, now, there's a lot of angry Trump supporters out there right now. 
I don't see it like what happens when there's a, a problem somewhere with anything. For some reason, it's only one side that goes out there and commits these type of violent acts, and it's not the people that vote for Trump. So I'm going to play his comments for you, and I think it's just getting absolutely ridiculous. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com Overnight America continues. Let's see, a couple of text messages that came in. Um, I don't think they will find anything. Trump can't prove anything or they will let the public see it's a waste of taxpayer money. Uh, Trump needs to worry about keeping himself out of jail. <laughs> you can become his pen pal when he goes to prison. <laughs> so dumb. But I can thank you for the text message. I think the bigger conspiracy theory is that somehow Donald Trump's going to go to jail. I mean, that's if if you if you thought it's a long shot that all of these states get flipped around, it's even longer shot of what he thinks going to happen to Donald Trump after He's out of office. Uh, text message. Trump supporters are above riots, fires, busting windows, and acting like... Uh, I see that. All right. Um, he also made a laughing stock. Oh, that's the same person from before. All right. Let's take some of your calls. Bill, welcome to Overnight America. How you doing, Ryan? Doing all right. Well, um, to start with, I'm 73 years old. And I'm active on social media, Facebook to be exact. I'm also undergoing my 20th 30-day suspension. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so words, I can't post, I can't like anything or do any type of emoji. Because if you call a Democrat a knucklehead or an idiot, that's called bullying. Hmm. And they pull you off. 30 days or up to 60 days and I'm on my 20th I think it is 30 day on which platform uh, Facebook okay and a whole lot of people from there are going to parlor which is is l-e-r right and others are going to me we it's just m-e-w-e haven't and, heard of that one huh uh, parlor is already having to put in new software because the mass exodus Here's what I have to say. The bottom line is, is I voted uh, for a lot of people, including Lyndon Johnson. I voted Democrat up until, until George W. Bush. I have never in my life, and I've never uh, read anything about a president accomplishing as much as this man has done. The ones who hate him so much, it's because he's abrasive. He's a New Yorker. That's his job is to be abrasive. He's rich. He took $414 million his dad left him and turned it into billions. There's nothing wrong with doing that. They always point out the bankruptcies he had. Well, he was partners in some of those bankruptcies, and the others bailed on him. The New Jersey generals, he went bankrupt because the league went bankrupt. Who's he going to play if he's got Herschel Walker sitting on the sidelines in empty stadiums and nobody to play? Mm. But a whole lot of it is emotion. It's just pure self-centered emotion. I don't like his personality. I don't like his skin color. I don't. I don't like that he's fat. I don't like that he's from New York. I don't like he's rich. I mean, they even insult his wife, and 
she's a naturalized citizen now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Joy Behar and all those people, terrible, terrible people. And the average man has not shown appreciation for all he's done. And I just heard on the news his executive actions, if the election stands, and I pray to God it doesn't, he's going to rejoin the World Trade Organization. He's going to sign on the Paris Accords again. And it isn't us doing all the polluting. It's China and India. Yeah. I don't know whether you remember the Olympics from a few years back. Everybody had to wear a mask because you couldn't breathe. Oh, it's pretty bad. Well, not only that, but remember in Brazil how just completely polluted the waters were? The the, oh. the standards at these places are just non-existent. And still and all, the Democrats all think we should do more. And uh, for the first time in my life, it's been under $2 a gallon gas for almost four years. Mm-hmm. And no longer do we have to rely on uh, Saudi Arabia or anybody else. As a matter of fact, we're even selling some of our oil overseas, which I'm against. I think we ought to stockpile it. But the bottom line is he's done uh, so much, including right to try, which actually yes, bypasses the FDA. If uh, you've got a real, real uh, serious disease and you might not make it, you can skip the FDA trials and try it, and it's saving lives. He's done uh, so much for auto workers. Because of him, the United States steel plant in Granite City is open again. And i got a brother-in-law that works there. And if you go on social media over in Granite City, I used to live up that way, about four or five months after it opened again, and it had been uh, shut down for four or five years, I think it was, and there's people on there talking about going on strike because they haven't had a contract in five years. Hmm. Now, how, how idiot is that? I mean, here you haven't had a job for five years. The president comes in. He goes and visits the plan in the limo with all the Secret Service and all that. It reopens. It hires back a bunch of the people that were there before, and they're talking about going on strike because they don't have a contract. All I'm saying is he's the least appreciated man uh, by about 50% of the country. And I think he's got strong cases in more than two states. I know you don't. Everybody's entirely their own opinion. I pray to God that this loser never sits in the office of president because that's exactly what Biden is. Hadn't done anything in 47 years, and still the people say, I don't like the orange man. I don't like these rich. I just hate them. I mean, I really yeah, do. I, I hate liberals now. Wow. You've got that turned pretty quickly it's hard after four years of what's been thrown at you to all of a sudden forget that you know well i mean the way they've gone after him is is a crime after everyone no even if you supported it he's done so many great things but even if you supported or vote for him for four years you've been called a racist so i don't know how you just forget that all of a sudden i mean you're treated very poorly if you're a trump supporter I'm not, because I'll slap them on their butt. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Who we got this deal? I got, I got one more thing. He simply spoke out against the gangs and against illegal border crossers, and he's called a racist for that. He's called a racist because they separated families. That was Obama built those cages down on the border. That wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't Trump. I'm just sick of yeah. them.
Yeah, I know. I, thank you very much for your call, Bill. I appreciate it. And I know we're not going out and hitting anyone. Obviously, that was something that is a, um, you know, metaphor. You know, it's you'll just you're going to smack them with your words, not with any physical violence. I think we need to sit, make sure we state that clearly. <laughs> uh, let's go to Mike, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. How you doing, Ryan? Good, Mike. We only got a little bit of time here. Go ahead. Uh, I hate to rush. He talks so long because yeah. uh, I have some very good things to say, and I don't want to be cut off unless you want to go a break or something. But, well, we're going to Shane thought, after the break, so, yeah, go ahead. Okay, because okay, I feel like you're cheating my time real quick. But anyway, here's something I'll tell you as fast as I can. Have you ever thought it this way? If we went by the popular vote instead of the electoral college vote, Donald Trump would be our president, okay? But you don't win that no, way. Because, yeah. yeah, that's true, because Hillary Clinton won by the popular vote, but she still lost because of the electoral college vote. Now, I don't right. think he's being cheated at all, but to be, he has a right to file against it, but I don't think he has enough to overturn anything. He lost fair and square, and it's okay to complain, but he don't need to be spoiled, and sometimes, including myself, we need to grow up and mature and admit that he lost the race and congratulate the opponent, Joe Biden, whether you like him or not. And, mm-hmm. and you go by like twelve college vote. Even if he did have more votes, it's too late because it's like a race car, real quick. If whoever gets to like twelve college votes, the most first wins anyway. So mm-hmm. he would do still be too late. So I think Joe Biden won squarely, fairly. Even uh, I didn't vote for him, but I think he won. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I think after all of this plays out, we're seeing an unprecedented amount of mail-in voting, which uh, opens up the opportunity for an unprecedented amount of legal battles. So this is so different than any other election, just for that very sake. All right, we're going to join Shane Hewitt with The Late Shift coming up next. We'll take a look at your weather, too. It's Overnight America KMOX. I enjoy the time we get together whenever there is time on Sunday nights to connect Canada and the United States. It's a fine tradition. We've been doing it for a while now. And host of The Late Shift is Shane Hewitt. I know that he's going to want to talk a lot about our election this past week. I guess I'm going to try to see how Canadians are reacting to it. Uh, let's take a listen in and see. They might be actually be listening to, to us COVID-19. right now. The union representing workers inside the Rivera facility like doing like a has voiced concerns right now, over chronic it? staffing shortages and a lack of public health presence. People are dying and oh, they're playing like a news thing here. And oh, they're like out of commercial break and maybe we'll they're playing just a quick thing. Such as eating. Oh, okay, you'll be with us in one minute. That's perfect. I heard the producer pop on real quick. Said we'll be with you in one minute. It's probably the first time we've done that. You know, normally. They uh, dip in on us because we're late, so maybe they were trying to accommodate for us being late at times. Isn't that typical of us? Uh, Us Americans showing up when we want to show up. (laughs) Uh, Maybe there's an analogy there. I kind of enjoy listening to it. Producer Alex, bring them up just softly. I kind of want to hear it in the background of what they're talking about. Let's Let's see. Oh, they got their intro going right now. That's worked out pretty good. Connecting the shift like and Ryan Wrecker from Overnight America via KMOX, the voice of St. Louis. 
All right, Shane, you would hear Ryan Recker at KMOX going to be joining us and popping into the call, I'm sure, any second here. It is uh, no surprise. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Hi, Shane. (laughs) Ryan, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a crazy week. Yes, it has. Wow. Uh, Can we first acknowledge all of the broadcasters, whether it's radio and TV, even the networks, all of the networks who did not sleep, I swear, for like four days? I don't know how many were like that because for a while there we thought, oh, we'll just stay up. We'll see if there's something new. And then all the poll workers and the counters went home and went to bed. And then we thought, ah, it's probably a good time for us to do it too. And then what would happen over the next couple of days is all the news networks were continuing to watch and there would just be little updates here and there, none of which changed anything. It wasn't until Saturday that most of the news networks started to announce that Joe Biden would uh, take this election, their projected winner of it all. Now, bearing, there could be some legal battles that change some things, but it's going to be difficult to tell if there's enough left in the tank to uh, shift anything for the president right now it looks like joe biden will be the next president yeah so do you think that anything's really going to change i mean it seems like there could be a couple of areas that might turn um in the answer but is it actually going to be enough to affect the number i think kind of it's so hard to tell i think the chances are very slim so here's what i think could happen i feel like based on what the law is the supreme court could step in on pennsylvania And that Mm -hmm. would switch the state from Biden to Trump. I think the voting is close enough. I think a lot of the different votes they brought in after Election Day goes against what their state law is. And Mm -hmm. as opposed to the courtesy of trying to get more of these votes in, it did go against law. So I feel like they're going to vote that, yes, that'll be uh, invalidate a lot of the votes that ended up putting Biden over. So that's one. I think the same thing could happen in Nevada. That's a possibility. I don't know about Arizona, but I think they're going to make the exact same argument in a lot of these other states. So a lot of these late ballots, the ones that couldn't be validated properly, at least to their satisfaction, they're going to throw it up to the courts and perhaps maybe even go up to the Supreme Court to rule if there's a good enough argument to either force a recount or um, take a bigger scrutiny to some of these different ballots in all these different states. Now, it is a long, long, long shot, really. Uh, I think that he's going to win a couple of states this way. We just don't know if it's going to be enough to take it. So um, it's it's to me, I think the legal battle is long from over. Um, I think Joe Biden trying to prepare as if he's going into office is smart just to you know be prepared i guess but yeah you know well, work. crazier things have done, happened sure. yeah crazier yeah. things have happened so we'll put it that way how did things go in uh in missouri well i guess you guys are sort of that such a border town um how did things go in illinois and and, and missouri for you uh, guys good. i mean was it uh, yeah. was it pretty peaceful like no, i like no how real, you say like arguments missouri. missouri i like that yeah that's that's what the politicians <laughs> say when they're trying to get the rural vote so, oh, they get out of the big towns and they start saying Missouri. Uh, but I think that southern part of Illinois, you start to see a lot more people that would vote Republican. It's mostly the northern half when you get to the Chicago area that are heavily Democrat. But then again, that's where the majority of the population is in, up in the northern part. So that really could carry a state. Um, I think that Missouri is a pretty strong conservative state. Um, you know, the governor was reelected as a conservative Um, There was a congressional seat that stayed that was highly contested, some other local things, too. Uh, I I think that the propositions, there was one popular proposition that was, I guess, a conservative push that got through. So there's these things that are pretty solid red, I guess, in the state of Missouri. I don't think there's much in the way that people were anticipating. In fact, 
there were some people even saying that the Senate could flip in the uh, in the United States. The House could flip. Uh, well, the House was already uh, Democrat, I should say. But, you know, the Republicans picked up seats in the House, a lot of them. Right. And then even in the mm-hmm. Senate was able to uh, most likely keep. And that's a huge deal. So even if Donald Trump loses, I think the Republicans still overall have a pretty strong checks and balances in keeping the Senate more seats in the House. Uh, they got that working in their favor. So the way that would work in Canadian politics, Ryan, is we don't elect a president like we don't vote directly for the prime minister. Right. It's the leader of the party takes it. So it's not quite the same. But the the outcome, the House and the Senate thing. So my understanding is that when Americans vote, they go in and they do, you know, Trump or Biden check, check. And then they go into the Senate and they, they vote separately for those parts. And so the way that we would say that in Canada is we'd say that's a statement vote. If 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 Republicans are um, flipping their vote and voting in to the Senate, into the House for control, like uh, sort of checks and balances, if you will, and then voting out the president. In Canada, we would look at that as sort of a uh, like a, a protest vote, right? Like we don't want the prime minister. We're going to vote you out. Um, but we still can't vote in the other party to get control of things. Right. So is that what happened? Um, I think that when you vote, I, th- I forgot what the statistic was. It's something like 95 percent vote down the line. So if you're Republican, you're going to vote for the president. Pretty much everyone. 95 percent of the time you vote Republican for everyone around. So it, it, it's um, you're, you're working with a pretty slim number of people that would you know kind of switch for certain positions like you know if they, if they don't like donald trump they would oh I, you know i don't like the other guy too so i'll vote for a third party but then they go and they vote all republicans or something there's a very few people that do that i would say hmm. I, maybe i missed the I question it, uh, maybe i looked at it the wrong no way. no it's it's interesting i just i was wondering i mean because it seems like with the votes being higher for biden right for the most part i mean and people yeah. are voting in biden it seems assuming things stay the same uh, mm-hmm. voting in Biden. Um, well, so that I, means Trump is it like, not uh, in. Well, I, I, it's, it, the kind of thing is, you know, there's certain terms. So like, you know, in the Senate, you got every, I think it's six years. Yeah. And then it's like every couple of years for the House. They're not all being voted in at the same time. So sometimes you have incumbents, sometimes you have open seats, sometimes you have different ones flipping or whatever it is. So it's not like all the different you know senate and house seats are up at the same time so it would kind of give you an indicator it's like you know sometimes you're in a district that's predominantly democrat and they vote democrat or prominently uh, republican they vote republican so it's just kind of like the luck of the draw sometimes some of these ones land on election day for the general election for the president and some don't hmm. so there was a story that was published on fox news that um uh, that really surprised me it was only a few hours ago that it was pushed out i didn't even know maybe you haven't even seen it yet um, but Trump plans to revive campaign style rallies as he pursues hmm. his legal challenges. Um, That's interesting. That seems like a crazy notion um, that he would hit the road now. I mean, yeah. you guys, we are all setting COVID record numbers and mm-hmm. let that land, you know, where the positive, uh, positive test numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I not think- necessarily people getting sick. Right. But I, like, it seems like a, a crazy notion to hit the road now. The normally you would hit the road if you could use that sort of momentum in a certain way. I really don't know what he would accomplish doing that. I think uh, maybe to keep people at least interested and to show that he's not giving up. There could be one of those things. He loves talking in front of people, draws a large crowd. 
So people like hearing what he has to say. So I think that maybe it's just a way to get on the networks, the televisions at night in order to make sure his message is the one that's getting out there. You know, if you're someone like Donald Trump and you look at it and say, well, uh, the the news coverage for me is never favorable. Like they're always finding bad things to report on me. They never look at any of the good things. And you're watching that as someone that would be on the inside and know like, OK, this is just he doesn't feel like he's being treated fairly. The only way to equalize that is to get in front of a camera yourself where you know you're going to be covered and then you could be the one to tell mm-hmm. your story. So th- I, I think that's kind of like the. The, the smart thing that Donald Trump has done. He's found a way to get his message directly out there without trying to rely on someone else telling his message for him. And this is a way to do it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's been, they give him credit for a couple of things. Number one, he's been five steps ahead. Uh, like, like love him or hate him, I don't think anybody can test the fact that he's been five steps ahead all along and he has most certainly found any way he can to not be filtered. Um, yeah. That's for sure. No that's big. That. How do Canadians look at this? Like, are, as you're watching this and just generally well, speaking, how's it covered in your news and what do the people say? Well, it's interesting because polling says that it was 70 or 80 percent of Canadians were in favor of Biden. Um, and but I would say that that really depends on where you live in Canada, because, you know, Biden is uh, sort of the anti fracking on federal land guy. And so that would be a good thing for Canada because it would put more uh, Canadian oil into the marketplace. But he's also against the Keystone um, XL pipeline, which is already almost built and uh, ready to go. And uh, sort of Obama and Trump sort of got that one through. And then so like there's there's that would benefit certain areas of Canada versus other areas. Right. So it really depends on where you go. But overall, statistically, it would be a pro Biden scenario. But I'm not even sure that Biden's what's best for Canada. So. Do you uh, take calls to like people call in about the American election and talk to you about it on your show? Or is that something Mm -hmm. you don't do? We do. Um, Usually when prompted, we bring it up. And uh, there are days when the audience is like, "Okay, that's enough. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And then there are days when there was a guy he called, he texted in because he was mad because we had started talking about it and then changed the subject and went on to our next topic. And he was choked because we did. So, you know, it goes it goes both ways. Yeah. I mean, it's important to us. Right. Number one trading partner. I don't know if uh, Americans are pay as closely attention as Canadians do, but, you know, we are the number one trading partner. We are the number one tourist partner um uh, cross-border jobs cross-border relationships i mean all of these things are so incredibly important that um that uh to be able to get in on that yeah um, i, I, I would think say that you have to pay attention the only time it comes up in the news here there's a few things you know trudeau gets caught with blackface you know that's one thing oh, um yeah. <laughs> there's the trade deal between canada and mexico that was a pretty big deal right. there for a while um, mm-hmm. If there's something at the United Nations, like say, okay, here, you know, th- like here's what Trudeau went in for a handshake and didn't get it. You know, that's the type yeah. of stuff that like makes it onto American news websites. Um, it the ins and outs of the politics of Canada rarely get seen, rarely. Well, and boring. I would say that you guys pay a lot more attention to us than we do for you guys. It's uh, it's um, it's so boring, uh, like Canadian politics are so incredibly boring, but we are starting to see a little more drama, a little bit more populist appeal, a little bit more push into uh, the aggressive marketing stuff, um, constant posturing, trying to use the media to not only get in front of people, but to get the message across. We're starting to see some yeah. of the, the, the American tactical stuff drip into Canada and um, and it doesn't work as well with the prime minister and the way that yeah. our house of commons is set up and everything else, because again, we don't have the same structure, right? We have more of a British. Yeah. Structure. 
Well, like Jordan Peterson's really popular down here. People talk about him a lot. And I know that he's a professor, I think, out of Toronto. And he talks mostly about free speech and uh, compelled speech, things like that, where the government may be stepping in or punishing people for compelled speech. So that's he's pretty popular here. And he uses that as a warning. Um, and I know he's kind of an international speaker, if, if that. But he's a Canadian. I, I think we pay attention to. Well, Alex Trebek was a Canadian. Oh, so. uh, Yeah. So yeah, he was that's uh, probably the most one of the most popular. You know what? It's it is amazing. Well, we often lose track of how many Canadians influence American culture. I mean, when you get yeah. into music, you've got you know you got Justin Bieber and Drake, and then so many comedians. Uh, you know Jim Carrey and all those guys, right? Mike yeah. Myers. Um, it's really when you look at the list of uh, of who's who. Hey, man, we Canadians we're cool. You know, I don't you know if you know this, cool. but Kate um, Kate Moex has a connection to Jeopardy, and I don't know if you know this or not. I didn't know that. So the original television host for Jeopardy, do you know who that was? No, I don't. A man by the name of Art Fleming. And he originally hosted Jeopardy from 1964 to 75, original host. And afterwards, he came worked here at KMOX. He was a personality. Really? Oh, that's fun. That's kind of cool. We got all kinds of things in the archives and... Nice, fun things there, too. But, yeah, he had a nice long career in broadcasting that lasted outside of television and did a lot of work here, of course, in St. Louis. So that's kind of a cool connection we have here. He was here from uh, 79 to 92, worked on the radio station. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Alex Trebek always made sure that there was one Canadian question on every Jeopardy show. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't not, realize that. Might not have been revealed all the time, right? Because not, not all the questions got revealed, but there was always one question there, one Canadian question in the show somewhere. So, Do you enjoy, cool. like, it's like Teen Jeopardy, because you can answer the questions I get for me. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, are we smarter than a fifth grader Jeopardy? Might be more up my alley <laughs> when it comes to remembering trivia things. Well, this ends up happening. Do you ever have this moment where you're just endlessly flicking through Netflix or whatever, and you find yourself a half hour later still haven't decided what to watch? My wife and I use that as an opportunity to uh, watch Jeopardy every once in a while because it's one of those things you can just keep on. And uh, you know, the hard thing is, you for me, I don't say the answers out loud because then I get embarrassed because I, I speak so like not so often. I speak just very sparingly throughout the episode. So what I like to do is try to keep quiet, and I'll say to my wife, oh, I got a couple of them in that one. <laughs> yeah, right? It's because you, you don't want to know, because, right? You'll, you'll, you'll say the word and uh, get it way wrong, you know? And then you got you lose <laughs> points with it. the wifey, right? Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, she makes fun it. of me all the time. Are you someone that mispronounces <laughs> words often? Oh, I'm the word. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I get them wrong um, all the time, and I often, when I'm speaking... Um, we'll just replace a word like it was uh, we had a, a story about a snowstorm up in Whitehorse, which is way up north. But we had just done American politics. So I said it's snowing at the White House. Uh-huh. I do that more often. Yeah. See, that shouldn't bother you. I, I do those type of mistakes all the time. That's par for, you know, any given show. But I'm talking about just in general, like you're reading a book and you say a word wrong out loud and then you get made fun of because my wife does that to me constantly. <laughs> I love it. It's good. We could just do a whole day about our mistakes that we get made fun of. Thank you very much, Ryan Wrecker. Thanks, Shane Hewitt. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. We'll talk to you next week.
Ryan Recker at KMOX. All right, that's our uh, friend Shane Hewitt, who hosts The Late Shift up in Vancouver, but they're syndicated through the chorus radio stations all across Canada. So when we do that, it's our two shows connecting together. I think it's kind of cool. It's like we're doing a uh, do-si-do. We're putting our arms together, and it's like a good old hoedown. Good old, old-fashioned radio hoedown. <laughs> Maybe not the best way to explain it. Yeah, Alex Trebek passing away at the age of 80. I didn't realize this, but he was working all the way till the end. So we know that his last day taping was just recent. So when will that air? We'll talk about that coming up in a few moments on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. And Overnight America is live up until 2, so we got another hour together. If you'd like to join us, you can. Just like Elvis, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Uh, Mr. Ryan. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay, my friend. No, I was just calling. I told the fellow that answered the phone that uh, I'd like to uh, talk to you about this current election we just had. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, now I'm not going to get into who likes who and who likes what, but I'm just going to say I look at this as a historian, historian, and what I'm getting at is now I can get President Joe Biden's autograph, Vice President Kamala Harris, and then go down the cabinet like I have done since 1997. And my mother gets mad at me when I say, uh, you know, I uh, I am glad because Mr. Biden won because she supported him so much. But uh, but anyway, what I was getting at is when I would say Mr. Trump won in 2016, you know, I said to her, Mr. Obama's leaving, so Mr. Trump comes in. Now I get to start with him as President Pence, Vice President, and on. So, you know, I, I'm very happy for what has happened. I'm so grateful this country stayed together, and, 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 and I'm hoping that Mr. Trump, you know, that has good wishes for the country, and we'll just do the right thing. I'll sh- I shall say. Do you? Did you ever get his autograph, Donald Trump's? Oh yeah, I have oh, him. Neat. And yeah, I uh, see. Uh, I I wait. I don't know. They get inaugurated, you know, in January. So in February, I guess you would say. I don't mean to uh, tell the mail carrier what I do, but I blitz the mail. That's. Uh, how I put it, and I just send to everybody that has just currently been elected, and you would be surprised who will actually respond just to a, a handwritten note saying, you know, I appreciate, you know, could you send me an autograph or something like that? And, I mean, I've been doing it since 97, and yeah. uh, my father I, and grandfather did it before me, so. Yeah, I and, wonder how many of those letters they get. When I was a kid, I used to send trading cards to my, you know, hockey people like anytime I right. had a player that I liked I'd send him a hockey card and I would say every once in a while they returned it not always but I would say 50% of the time I got a return and that was such a cool thing to get that back in the mail right right I, I used to do that with baseball cards so I understand what you're talking about not not so much hockey but baseball you know I, I always wondered so. if there was an actual like assistant that was signing on their behalf or it was actually them. So I asked one time a St. Louis Blues player, and I can't remember who I asked, because they were retired, and I said, hey, when a kid sent you a a card to autograph, would you sign it or would someone else do it on your behalf? And he said, oh, no, I signed everything. So apparently it made me feel better. All the cards I have somewhere signed was actually by them. 
Oh, oh my. I, I, uh, well, I'll say this, and I'll get off here. Uh, you have to watch if you are a collector of autographs and, and political autographs. President Kennedy, yes, would sign pictures and letters and things, but you have to watch because they said his secretary, Mrs. Lincoln, would sign John F. Kennedy where he was supposed to sign his name. If that oh, you know tells you, you've got to watch. So. Keep an eye out. That happens all the time when you're watching things like the Pawn Stars, and they bring yep, something yep. in, and they take a look, and they say, oh, nope, a fake. Or yep. Antique Roadshow. You get a lot of those, too. Oh, um, oh, most definitely. I checked them out. But I'll, I'll say this one more time, and I'll get off here. But uh, I have President Arthur. Then the, He dated back to the 80s, 1880s, and that's the farthest one I've got. But you couldn't give me a million dollars for it because it belonged to my grandpa. So I understand. Well, thank you, Alvis. Oh. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Hey, in. hey, buddy. You take care now. Thank you. You too. Bye. See. All right. We'll uh, take some more of your calls next hour. And I wanted to talk a little Jeopardy in a little Jeopardy trivia for you. And, yeah, apparently Alex Rebecca was working all the way up until his passing. He just uh, passed away at the age of 80, surrounded by family members there in the final moments. But it was really surprising to me how late he worked because we know his final show recording, and we know when that's going to air, which will actually be very soon. So we'll talk about that. And also coming up, talking football. Do you think any of the uh, nerds on Jeopardy knew the football answers? We'll find out next hour at KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.